to Whiteside. And missed the dunk, got it back. Kicked out Halliburton for three. Butter! Tyrese! Slick with Here's Barnes off the turnover. Buddy catch and shoot three, got it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of the Kings Court Podcast presented by AllPurposeInsurance.com. Remember, go to AllPurposeInsurance.com and use promo code KINGSCOURT and they will give you a sizable discount when signing up with them for any of your insurance needs. And guys, I told you this show was going to be different when I brought it back. I'm not going to be doing many solo shows. I know that gets kind of boring to the ear, so I keep bringing on guests. First, we had James Ham, and how do you follow that up? You go and reach out to one of the best blogs out there the king's herald and you know what i've been following this guy for a minute and he says some things that i just always agree with and and maybe even at times disagree with we'll find out here on this show brendan nunes he's also related to a ufc fighter so i don't want to disagree too much but brendan how you doing i'm doing good man i appreciate the intro um yeah we'll go with related to to amanda for sure you know, if you're not, if, even if you're not related, being that your last name is the exact same, you just have to roll with it, right? And especially since, like, you're like, don't make me get my cousin on you. That would scare some to. people for sure. It's the only time I've heard the exact same pronunciation of the last name, so I have to write it out. You know, do the jokes at least here and there, right? Exactly. Just give them a flex, even if there's nothing on that bone that you flex. You just gotta be like, hey, just know I can get there. I trained her in something. I gave her I gave her a few noogies when we were younger, you know. So yeah, yeah. she got a lot of it from me, you know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, but Brendan, man, we have so much to talk about here. From that we have we've seen got to see a couple summer league games here at the California Classic. The Kings are rumored to be doing things. Since I've done my last show with James, the Kings actually made some acquisitions. So let's go ahead and start off with what's happened first, and that is the Kings bringing back. A few of their own guys, right? They brought back Rashawn Holmes. Huge win there. Brought back Mo Harkless, I believe, on a two-year deal. And then also brought back Terrence Davis on a two-year deal. Brendan, you saw all of this. What were your initial thoughts when you saw that the Kings were bringing back their guys, their free agents this offseason? I think it was pretty expected outside of the Holmes one, right? And the Holmes signing is obviously a home run, I guess. Uh, we don't know the exact details, but bringing him back under that early bird was really the only situation unless they were dumping Bagley or Buddy, and that seemed possibly like it could be difficult to do. Um, so the Holmes one is an absolute home run, obviously. Feel great about it. I didn't see a way that the team would be better next year if they didn't bring Holmes back. So, um, And then I, I think the Harkless and Davis ones are just pretty expected. I like them as depth pieces. Davis is complicated, obviously. Um, but I think that you know they came in last year and showed that uh, they really helped the depth of the team, and and fit well, so not too surprised, but glad to see it. Yeah, I w the only thing that I think that has caught me by surprise so far was something that just recently happened, and that is Bobby Marks joined the the Deuce and Mo show recently, and they said that you know Holmes was probably disappointed in the number that he got, and his his reason behind it was because the, his suitors kind of fell away, and the big one being the Charlotte Hornets, when they acquired Mason Plumlee. And mm -hmm. for me, I think that really did benefit the Kings. Getting him, what, what, what do you have the contract there in front of you? Because I'm looking it up. It's four years, $46 million, if I'm correct, right, for Rashawn Holmes? Yeah, somewhere between 46 and 55. 
yeah. don't think we have the exact number. It's somewhere between forty six and fifty five, though. Yeah. So I mean, from from what I from what I listened to, Bobby said that it's a four year, fifty five million. He basically got he he doubled up his money. I believe he's getting right around what twelve twelve mil a year, a little bit more than that, thirteen mil a year. Mm-hmm. That's that's a solid signing for the Kings, and yeah, I do see where Holmes may feel a little slight, saying he wish he would have got a little bit more. But for what he does for this team, I think this is perfect value for that type of player. I'm actually, I'll be honest, I'm one of the few that said I would not be one of those guys that would have paid Holmes seventeen to eighteen millions. I've even talked to a few people that have said that Holmes. And people are going to recognize it later on is worth twenty million dollars, and I really don't see that at all. To me, I think this contract is a huge win. Keeping him for the long term, I think obviously is a huge win as well. But do you think that that the price tag is right for Holmes? Do you think that the Kings maybe got a steal of a bargain, or do you think he's worth more? I don't think it's a bargain. Um, I, I think that I'm the same as you. If it was seventeen, eighteen, I probably wouldn't have done it. I think about 15 was my max. Um, you just look at the other guys, other centers in the league, you know, Nurkic, Turner, Valanchunas, all making about that range. Maybe some of them a bit more than Holmes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the market dried up a little bit with Charlotte, right? Toronto's interest, <clears throat> excuse me, didn't seem to be all too real, I guess. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that it's ever going to be, you know, maybe, maybe there is a world where it's looked at as a really good contract, right? But I think it's going to be about, about equal to his production when you're considering the the market of centers in today's league. Yeah, I agree. I I I don't think there there should be any hard feelings on either side. I think this is the right deal for everybody. Uh, Holmes is going to be a great player, and I I this is the only, this is where I I'm, I'm going to see if you're on my side or not because I've been the person that says this publicly, and I don't know if a lot of people back me on this. Is that I like Rashawn Holmes a lot, especially at this price tag because. I don't know if he's really the center for the team of the future. Like, is he the guy? Is there somebody? I think there's still somebody else out there, like a different center that you can find that would be better suited for this team. I just think for what was out there, the lay of the land, he was the guy that the Kings definitely needed to get back. But do you think that Holmes on any other team or is it just because of his play style on certain teams he would be a starting center? Do you think now seeing what he did for the Kings last season – he is a starting center in the NBA, no matter what. I think he's definitely a starting starting guy in the league. Um, you know, unless he's backing up some some star center or something like that. But I think he's a top fifteen center in the league, which sounds a little crazy. But after you know eight to twelve, it really falls off. You hit a big tier. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that uh, if you were building the ideal center around Fox and Halliburton, it doesn't look like Holmes, right? Right. Um, on the defensive end. And especially like, you know, the team wants to do this switch everything, right? And maybe that's because that seems to be Holmes' best defense and he's really good at it. But I don't think they have the rest of the roster to be a switch everything team. And I don't love Holmes' rim protection. Like, personally, I've always, I've been advocating for Miles Turner because I like a guy that can clean up after mistakes on defense. I'm with you. I'm on the I, I just would trade. prefer a big that's more defensive oriented. That can is space where the I'm floor at. as well. Yes. I think that's huge. I'm 100% there with you. I think Miles Turner it was the guy that I think no matter what, that was the player they had circled in any type of trade scenario that they were going to go after if Holmes didn't come back. I think that Holmes overall, 
is, is good for what they got. That I like. That's why I said when, when that trade happened, huge win for the Kings, just because it is for me. It's not a bargain, but I just think it's fair value for a player that you need right now. But I still think you get him at such a cost where if you find a better opportunity, he's good enough to be moved. His cost is good enough to be moved. And, again, it lets you find out if he really is the guy or if there's another guy out there that you can get. Like you said, a Miles Turner, I think, fits this team better than Rashawn Holmes does. But we'll see. I'm happy for the Kings. I'm not trying to put any, like, dark cloud over Rashawn Holmes. I think Rashawn Holmes is a really good basketball player, really good for Sacramento. I love the energy, the leadership he brings. But, again, I, I'm just looking at bigger picture, full team. I, I, I still think there's, there could still be improvement at that position. That's just me. Continue yeah, on. I'm with you. Um, <clears throat> go ahead. Sorry, I, I don't want to be like crapping on Holmes either or anything. You know, like I love the guy. I'm super glad to get to watch him in Sacramento for four year, four more years, if he's here throughout the entire length of the contract. So yeah, I mean, it's just not the ideal fit to me. Um, but that doesn't mean that. <clears throat> geez, my bad. Uh, they should have let him walk or anything like that. Exactly. Exactly. Let's stay in the off season topics here, right? Like. The, the, like you said, Terrence Davis, Mo Harkless, these guys were nice signing. They don't really move the needle, but what does move the needle are potential trades. And I think this is probably going to be the most fun part of this podcast because this is what everyone wants to know. What are some trade scenarios that you're hearing out there? The one that keeps being brought up today, and it, it circled back around. It went away for a little bit, and now it's back. Are the Kings really going to be going after Pascal Siakam, what is the type of deal? Is it is it gonna have De'Aaron Fox in it? Is it just Bagley? Is it is it gonna have Buddy Heald? How many picks, Brendan? From what I've heard and from what I've seen online, is the deal would be structured around Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley, and a couple. I think it was two future first round picks for Pascal Siakam. If that is the price tag that you pay to get a 27 year old Pascal Siakam. I say you do that all day. I've seen it with protections. I've seen it without protections. Do it without the protections. Just get that deal done. The guy makes sense for this roster. What are your thoughts on the on the latest trade rumors of the Kings going after Pascal Siakam? Yeah, healthy Siakam is a great fit on this team, I think. Um, you know, defensive versatility. I think there is some concern with his shoulder, right, where I think he's going to miss the first two, three months, something like that. Um, and... You know, there are we saw like PG have some questionable shooting because of a shoulder issue, and Siakam already has a little bit of a question mark from range. So I think like a little bit of concern there, right? But if you're if you're talking it's Buddy Bagley and picks, like definitely right away. Like I, I think that you love to be good right now. Obviously, um, that's a deal I would jump on really really quickly. And yeah, I mean I don't think Buddy Bagley are really bringing too much value to this team this year. So it's a it's a quick easy one for me. I do that same package for Simmons too. Okay, so you said the name. I wasn't even going to bring it up for a second, but you said his name. Are you with me that without no matter what? Let me just ask it first. Who would you rather have if if you have the choice and they said, hey, we can get this guy and this guy. This is both the packages that we're giving up, no matter what. The exact same package, but you could choose between those two. Which one are you taking? It's a, actually a pretty hard question. I think it's Siakam though. That's crazy. Um, for me, without hesitation, I say Ben Simmons. So again, really? Yes. I, I am a big Ben Simmons supporter. I think Ben Simmons, I get it. He had this rough moment last season during the playoffs. He had that moment where he passed the ball. Everything else <laughs> he brings yeah. 
subst- makes this team substantially better. Defensively, he guards one through five, not one through four, one through five. He's that big. People forget that he still has a nice touch pushing it off the backboard. I'm not saying he has a post game, but he does have a he can finish around the rim very, very well. He moves in transition. And guess what? When you go after a guy with a chip on his shoulder that's now gonna get traded to a horrible team, he might take more risks. I mean, Mo Harkless started shooting three pointers last season. People start taking risks in Sacramento. And uh I think Ben Simmons without a doubt, he's younger, better defender. And and can literally hand, help you if anything happens to any of your guards. So I, I think Ben Simmons, without hesitation, is the pick for me. But why do you choose Siakam? What? Well, I just laid out the the argument for Ben. What's your argument for why you would choose Siakam over Ben Simmons? I think a lot of it for me is is really the fit. Like I think Ben's a a better player slightly. Um, and, and I'm with you. Like I, I think you know his concerns are getting um, talked about a bit too much right now. And, you know, coming to a small, like less pressure market than, than Philly, like way big difference coming to Sacramento could be a really big deal there. Right. Um, But I just don't know that like Simmons and Fox fits that great. Like I, the idea with Fox always has been like, you need as much spacing as possible. Right. And Simmons, Fox and Holmes is, it just doesn't feel very modern when it comes to an NBA offense. Um, So it's less of, really uh, like loving Siakam, even though I do really think he does have the same, not the same, but, you know, two to four positional versatility, weak side rim protection. That's really important, super versatile on the offensive end. Um, So obviously I really love everything Siakam brings, but when it comes between those, those two guys, um, it really is that the talent is close enough that the notably better fit for Siakam is what sells me. My thing is, is everyone wants to bring up fit, 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 and, you know, you need spacing and shooting. And, look, I get it. That's 100% true. You do need those type of things. You can get a lot of, like, shooting and stuff, though, out there in free agency in the G League. Shooting shooting is is everywhere right now, right? Like, you go to a gym, you can find a solid shooter. But the, the, the reason why I bring that up is because you're looking at it as it doesn't fit between Fox, Holmes, and, and Ben. But if I saw... Ben, Fox, Barnes, whatever Halliburton is still developing into, and a Davion Mitchell. I mean, that is what I'm looking at, and that is young players that can still grow together and put pieces around them that can be something special. You know what I mean? Like, Draymond Green was never an elite three-point shooter. Yeah, he would take the shot, unlike Ben Simmons. He doesn't take the shot. But just having that type of four-man against all of these other guys that are willing to either put the ball in the hole, De'Aaron Fox has been developing that jump shot. That's why I want to see what that next step is for him this year, and that's just going to be being able to score off the dribble and on catch-and-shoots. And he improved tremendously on catch-and-shoot three-pointers. So I don't know if fit would be really a problem if you're just looking at it on the offensive end. I think defensively is where games are really made, and Ben Simmons makes a more substantial impact in that area. And then offensively, I mean, look what the Lakers are doing. They have absolutely... No shooting between their big three, but guess what? They went out and got other shooters that fill in their roles, and that helps with spacing. So for me, that's that's why I say, without a doubt in my mind, there's no hesitation. If Ben Simmons' value is a Marvin Bagley, Buddy Heald, and two future first-round picks, and you can choose between Siakam or, or Simmons, I'm going with Simmons 100% of the time. There's no doubt in my mind about it, but that's just me, and I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for that. I bet you there's friends that are listening to this podcast that when I see them at the gym later, they're going to let me know you're crazy. <laughs> That's just me, man. I don't know. 
I, I think that I would love Simmons. Like, and of course, for that package, I'm doing it in a second. You did a real good job of almost talking me into him over Siakam. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely not saying that, like, don't go after Ben Simmons. Like, you go get that level of talent for sure, and you figure it out. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I, I just feel like there's, it's so easy to hate on something because of, uh, what's it called, recency bias, right? Like, we all just yeah. saw him pass, and then with, with Siakam, I mean, he didn't even really have that good of a year, right? But he's still 27, put up 21 points, 7 rebounds. He looks great, it's just... I think I think there's there's another level to Ben Simmons that people are forgetting that he can still get to early twenties guy. I that that's that's a big selling point to me. If let's say for example they don't go down the route of Siakam or or Ben Simmons, has has there been any other trade rumors that you've heard online or maybe you've even been speaking to? I know you've been working with the Herald and you do that King's Pulse podcast and you guys have been. You know, really, I I listen to your guys' show. I read a lot of you guys' articles. You guys are very tuned in with this team. Is there anything that you guys hearing, seeing about Buddy Heald and other potential suitors for him? No, I, I definitely don't have anything sourced or anything like that. Um, but, I, I mean, I think that the other guy, like if you're chasing a star, would be like maybe Brandon Ingram. Um, but that's just, you know, reading between the lines of like, could they potentially not like the fit of Zion and Ingram? And also, I don't know why New Orleans would really do it too much. Um, but no, I, I mean, I think there's a good chance that really the big trade, quote unquote, is more of a Miles Turner level guy, right? And I've said that name a bunch of times, but um, Joe Ingles level guy sort of thing where it's like, okay, it's not a star because when you're competing with these other teams for a star that's available, um, Golden State's going to have a better trade package they can put together. New Orleans is going to have a better trade package they can put together if it's a guy that like these teams are going to want because he's just that talented. So I think it's just going to have to be someone that fits just a high-level starter that's not necessarily a star. Um, like, again, yeah, Turner, Ingles, that sort of range um, that I think you know would be pretty impactful for this team. But you know, it's not winning you a crazy amount more games, but it seems like McNair's thing has just been sitting – waiting for opportunistic moments, right? Right. Um, the DeLon Wright thing, like Detroit felt like they had to get rid of him. He got him for practically nothing. Sure, I don't know about this whole flip for Thompson, um, but got Terrence Davis for next to nothing, right? Second round pick. So I, I would guess to me, it, it feels like the trade more likely is going to be, and again, this isn't source or anything. Uh, it would more likely just be like a high level starter rather than a star. Yeah, I, I'm kind of getting that sense as well as like, they're trying. I, I feel like Monty's really trying to hit a homer here. I think, it, and James kind of James Ham, the NBC Kings insider who I had on the last show, he kind of like hinted at it, right? Like this is the all-in year. Like this is the time for Monty to be doing something. I mean, the the Kings have all all of these pieces, and there's they couldn't make it into the play-in games. I mean, but they were right there on the brink of it. Like now is the time to start capitalizing. You, you've, you've sworn yourself to Luke Walton for one more season, so you know what you have. Again, this is the time. I think the the trade that we're gonna see is, and his name keeps getting linked to the Kings as well, and that's Kelly Oubre. I I feel like maybe because they've kept Holmes, Turner's probably not gonna be in the conversation. I think they now look to another wing, and it could be a Kelly Oubre situation, but. I don't know if a sign and trade for a buddy for a Ubre. I mean, I, does it really get you 
anything? Do you get much better? Like, don't get it wrong. I think Kelly Oubre is a better overall player than Buddy Heald. But what is the other packages? Because you really don't want to just send Buddy across the bridge to where you're going to be competing against him four times a year, and he's going off shooting a bunch of three-pointers looking amazing, you know? Or maybe it's just me, but I, I think Oubre is the guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm ready to move on from Buddy, I guess, is kind of what it comes down to. Um, and, I, I like, I would swap him for Oubre, but I actually don't think a sign-in trade is too likely with Golden State. Yeah. Because Golden State would eat a crazy tax bill with the repeater they're in. I think it was something like if they traded for Buddy, it'd be $100 million in, in tax or something around that range. It was some absurd number that when I saw, I was like, well, that I just don't see this as a team that's going to do that for Buddy Heald. Um so, yeah, I mean, I would love Oubre. I, I wouldn't really, like, trade much for him. Like, I guess Buddy's fine. But I think the hope would be, like, on the MLE, right? Yeah, and I don't know exactly. if that's quite enough. Um, but, yeah, interesting. But, again, if if that trade is the big trade, quote-unquote, or the only trade is someone of Oubre's level, are you, like, you hinted at it, like, are you really winning that many more games? Probably not, right? Yeah, I, I just don't see it. I don't think you, I mean, you get better talent but i don't know if that brings you what maybe one or two more games and i think it also comes down to is if terrence davis can fill in that three-point shooting role and continue what he did for sacramento right when he got traded here so and i I think he plays a huge role if buddy gets traded no matter what like he's coming in and being a guy that is your six-man shooter he's going to be there to shoot 100 percent of the time but let me ask you this here brendan let's say nothing happens this is your roster again. There's no more trades. They've kicked the tires, but nothing was found. Now you have to go into the season with this roster. Where, How confident are you with this team? Are they in the same as I both they were? Are they making it to the play-ins? Because, look, the West, the West is going to have some injured teams. Like The Nuggets are not going to have Jamal Murray for potentially the whole season. Kawhi Leonard... I mean, he's so quiet. We don't even know if he's re-signing with the Clippers yet. So we and, and then if the Clippers don't have Kawhi, I mean, they're still going to be a playoff team, obviously. But they they could be a PG injury away from not right. Like they're right there on the brink. I just feel like there's still room to move up. What are the Spurs? I mean, again, man, I, are you confident with this team to at least make a play-in game? with just what they have if nothing happens. Let's even say that Tristan Thompson deal gets thrown away and they have a right. So let's look at what we actually have now. Are you even confident in this roster? Are you going in knowing that this might be another hashtag Kangs season? I think it's hard to ever be confident in Sacramento Kings. Um, (laughs) But, I I mean, I think that if this was a roster going into next year, the goal obviously would be the playoffs, and I think it's totally possible. But I think it's like not too different than last year. The big difference has to be, I mean, whatever you're going to see, whatever internal growth from Fox and Halliburton. Like, I'm going to be keeping a really close eye on Halliburton because I think a really interesting part of this is like, what is Halliburton's ceiling? Um, because if if he really is all star potential, then that kind of changes the way you're looking at this roster in my mind. Um, so I, I need him to prove that if that is the case. But the big thing obviously has to be the defense, right? And it seems like they really are emphasizing defensive players you know obviously Mitchell who I, I think has potential to be like a real culture setter um, like it wouldn't surprise me if you know somebody's really lazy on a rotation and Mitchell's gonna get on them you know and I, I think there wasn't a guy like that last year um, at least that I saw from from the outside 
Um, so that could be really helpful. Obviously, you know, Kita is defensive focused, even though I don't think he's going to be much of a positive impact this year. Um, say, I know we said we'd be keeping right, but I think like the idea of them looking at Thompson is again, like, I think he is typically a culture setter and he's tough, right? Um, a good defender, even if he's a, later in his career and he's not as good as he once was, he still is a good defender, I would say. Um, Harkless, obviously good defender. Len, good defender, you know? So I, I think that, um, you know, I, I don't have much confidence in Luke Walton. I'll say that. But I think that with the roster going into next year, you should be notably better on defense. I also thought they should have been better last year with the roster they had. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I still think that going into the year, if I have to like write my standings predictions, I'm probably putting them 10, 9. What are you expecting from Marvin Bagley? Uh, like what 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 can be a goal for Marvin Bagley cuz I keep I'm starting to see this narrative slowly emerging that you know what if you give Marvin Bagley one more chance and he comes out and he proves that he's I mean he's still average what 14 and 8 like what if he's actually that guy and you really don't want to give that up he's your former number 2 pick my, ce- my my ceiling for him right now or I shouldn't say my ceiling my expectation for him if he's still on the Kings when the season start is to play games and to be consistent. I don't care if your consistency is 12 points, six rebounds and two assists, just be on the court all season and do that every game. And I think that would be a stepping stone. Like I, I, at this point, he's the new era, Jason Thompson to me. Like that's how I view him. But what would be your expectations for Marvin Bagley? Yeah, health and consistency, like you said, is is obviously front and center. And I think after that, it's just the typical, like, the game slowing down for him, right? Of, you know, it feels like he goes out there and is going to do this this and that move because he thinks, like, he's just, like, bigger, better than everybody else and, like, I can do whatever I want. And I'd like to see him, and sometimes he can't with, with his athleticism and length, right? Yeah. But I would like to see him be more reactionary, like understanding what the defense is giving you um, you know, I, I'm glad that three point shot came around, but when he put the ball on the floor, it was still pretty ugly last year. Um, obviously I take anything minuscule growth on defense where he's not just massive liability there. Um, but I don't feel great about that happening, I guess. So for me, offensive improvement is like just better decision-making when you put the ball on the floor. Yeah. I, I just feel like every time he has his back to the basket, depending on how he grabs the ball and where exactly he grabs the ball, I can tell you what move he's going to do and how he's going to finish just by the way he grabs. Like that's how predictable I feel Bagley has become. So I just want to see him be consistent, get on the floor. Like I think you said it though, slowing the game down for him. Cause he definitely feels rushed and I can tell he's plays with this chip on his shoulder because he always wants to, do something with the ball, whether it means scoring or making the right read. Sometimes it's a little forced, and you can tell. And I think it's because he just plays with that chip on his shoulder. He wants to have those moments. But they'll come, like you said, just slow it down a little bit. But we'll see. Moving on. And this is is what I've been waiting to talk about. And this is the rookie, Davion Mitchell. We finally got to see him play in the first two California Classic games. Brendan, what are your thoughts on this number nine pick? It's clearly not the pick I would have gone with at nine, but like I can't tell you how much I love Davion Mitchell. He's totally the guy that, the type of player that I fall for. You know, hard nosed, defensive focused. Um, he does 
plenty of things on the offensive end. Like I would say that, you know, I, I think the the team probably views he has legitimate all-star upside. Um, and again, not sourced or anything. And, and maybe I'm wrong and they just thought he was more ready sort sort of thing. Um, but I, I mean, like, I think the offensive upside is, is real with him. You know, you see in the creation, um, the, the pull-up shooting from three, um, you, there's really good finishing around the rim. I think he'll get more used to uh, NBA length, but he finished really well in college. Like I, you know, there's some skepticisms with his shooting numbers, right? I think 60 some percent from the free throw line. And last year, his junior year at Baylor was really an outlier, but the, the shot looks good. Like, I, I mean, he's clearly confident in it. Um, I don't have too much concerns about his shooting, although he will need to prove it. I, I think that'll eventually happen. I absolutely love it. You know, the reported work ethic is uh, something I feel like we're almost going to, uh, to like meme at a point, you know, because we're just going to be hearing about every single workout that he ever does, you know, like Jimmy Butler-esque. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely love it. You know, I, I think that fit wise, when you're talking about that is for the question comes in, obviously. And I don't know that um, you are using Mitchell ideally to his full potential, specifically defensively, if you're throwing him out there against threes. Um, and you kind of have to play all three of these, those guys, Fox, Halliburton and Mitchell together at some point, right? So Ugh. maybe it works. Um, Mitchell seems like the guy from all reports like that you want to bet on. So I'm really glad that he's in the organization. I just, uh, obviously the fit is super questionable. Right. Like if you wanted to pull out the Kings best five, it would be Fox, Halliburton, Mitchell, Buddy, and Barnes and Bagley, right? Like that would be like, I think I just named too many players, but still like that would be the players that you would use. In any set, and that is a very small team, right? That's a lot of small guards right there. Uh, and, and another thing too is, I'm starting to see people ask, like, if Davion plays this well defensively, and he actually is showing this offensive promise, which I feel like he did, right? Like he definitely finished around the rim a lot better than I expected him to. The athleticism was nice to see uh, around the rim. He also definitely has a smooth jump shot. His People need to pump the brakes, started calling him like he looks just like Donovan Mitchell. Like, I get it. The name <laughs> sounds similar. Let's not give him that, like, star to reach for just yet. But he looks nice. He's not – I don't know if he's starting day one. And if he's not starting day one and Buddy does come into the season, is Buddy still your starter? So then your your backups are going to be Mitchell and Halliburton. And then you're still really small if Davis is your small forward. I mean – like you said, yeah. fit-wise, you, you start to have all of these question marks, but what you do know is that Mitchell came into this organization when they drafted him, seeing that, or at least it looks like he, no matter what, is getting minutes. He is in the rotation day one. That defensive mindset that he brings, I mean, picking someone up full court during a California Classic game on multiple possessions, that was nice to see. You don't see that very often, so... I'm high on Davion Mitchell. I'm with you, though. I'm not going to pretend and sit over here like he was the pick that I wanted to see at number nine. I say you take a home run. I think Davion Mitchell is an automatic safe. Like, he, he was in that book for me. Like If he's there and you pick him, like it's a safe pick. You can't be mad at it. There's just so many other talented players there that uh, that I, I, I was I would swing for upside. You're picking with the number nine pick. But look at yeah, he, he Moody looks looked really good yesterday, too. That one hurt me. That one hurt me. Um, that's <laughs> yeah. who I would have taken at nine. But, you know, I, I think a undersung aspect of it is that, like, 
I think all three of these guards are going to be looking at each other kind of competitively, right? Like, who who's going to be the two starting? And maybe it becomes three, but, like, I actually think that, you know, as long as there doesn't grow any bad blood between them for whatever random reason, like, the competitiveness in the locker room and in practices day-to-day could be really good for all three of those guys, kind of iron sharpening oh, yeah. iron type thing, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, that's something – you just brought up something that no one has really talked about, right, is Davion Mitchell – is going to be guarding De'Aaron Fox all the time during practices. He's going to be guarding Halliburton. He's going to be guarding Buddy. Those guys are going to get better because Davion Mitchell is guarding them. And guess what? Davion's going to get better because he's going to have to guard a fast first step and all-around speed in Fox, a high IQ player in Halliburton, and a shooter in Buddy. Like This team is going to get better with with him being there. I, I love that. He brings that quote-unquote dog. I feel like that phrase gets thrown around way too much. <laughs> but, yeah, he brings that dog. I, I just think that bringing that mindset of I'm here and I'm going to make you accountable and I'm going to tell you to your face what you're doing wrong so we can build off of it and get you better right away, I think that's needed on any in any work environment and especially when you're playing a sport like basketball where you can't always be the nice guy. You have to have the guy that's telling you that you're sucking so that your team can – take that next step, and then you're not worried about that problem anymore. And I think he's the guy that comes in and does that day one. Because it, it, the crazy thing is, is he's older than Bagley. He's older than Halliburton, <laughs> which, again, I, I feel like, again, it's a great pick. Not the pick that I wanted, but through two games, I think you have to be cheering if you're a Kings fan, right? Totally. And, you know, I really respect, like, if they viewed it as this is clearly the best guy available to us, then great. You know, but, I like, I – that as long as that is also factoring in an upside, you know, like it's not the best guy available for the next two years, you know, like I, I, if they truly believe that he is the best player available when also considering upside, I respect the pick, you know, everybody, how many times have people said like, take best player available now, no matter the fit. So if that's really what they did, like, great, that's what you're supposed to do. I don't agree with that assessment that he was best player available, but if you really do, then great. Um, but my issue would be if they were just being short-sighted of we need somebody, we can't wait for a rookie, right? And sure, you don't have to take a crazy project like Kuminga or something. Um, but, you know, I, I think that there's um, there, there's a there's a line to walk there. And if they were looking for the guy because he's more NBA ready, that's where my hesitation would be. But if they truly believe he was best player available, then I really respect the decision. What else in these two games have you seen that has really stood out to you? Not Maybe it's not even on the Kings. Maybe it's another player that you're really keeping your eye on. Maybe there are other players that have disappointed you. Like, for example, for me, I, I feel like Robert Woodard was getting a lot of, like, he was getting a lot of following. Like, people were excited to see him. I heard that, you know, he's gotten stronger. He's really worked on his game. But in these first two games, it seems like, he's still standing in the same spot we last had him at, right? Like, we're at the same bookmark spot where we were reading that book. Uh, I, I don't feel like I saw much improvement in his game. And then the other thing is that Miami Heat Center is nasty. <laughs> what is – what's his name? Yuke7? Oh, Something with it. Yeah, 77 starts with a Y. That's all I got. It's like it's like Yuke7. Like, his last name has the name number 7 in it. Man, he is – he reminds me of Vucevic. Like, he is nice. I like him a lot. But those were the two things that stood out to me so far through, through the class. Or three things, I guess, is Mitchell's amazing. He's a standing ovation right now for Kings fans. 
uh woodard is did not deserve that anticipation that i had to see him play and miami's got a gem of a center over there on their on their summer league team right now what about you yeah i loved watching kuminga and moody yesterday um i think kuminga is as advertised you're going to get your occasional highlight, but for the most part, he was really raw. I think he's going to be a rough, uh, rough fit this year. Um, loved Moody. Did it, I still, yeah, I'm not over it. Um, but I, I think uh, the main thing is Woodard, like you said, and, and Ramsey a little bit as well. Uh, Ramsey missed a couple open threes yesterday that I thought was surprising. Like, I don't know how Ramsey ends the game with two points. Maybe there's some lingering injury thing going on or something like that. Um, but I would have liked to see him be a bit more aggressive. I thought he still got lost on defense, um, even though he was engaged and like looked fine in isolation, but that's just one game, right? I guess. And, and that, everything for these, you know, like I'm not, I'm very far from ready to move on from Woodard or Ramsey, but I was really disappointed. Um, Woodard, like, I think Woodard was always going to be a guy. And this is part of why the bubble, the G league bubble surprised me so much where it's like, if you make him the best guy on a G league team, that's going to be a rough, role for him yeah um like he, he's just best as you know the fourth best player in your lineup and just filling that role of this three and d wing right um I, I think he still has shown a lot on defense i think that is still totally there but the jumper needed to be going down um and yesterday it did not look good no, um that i, I think he that threw up one one pretty break. bad brick oh my gosh it was yeah gross. like uh yeah pretty bad um i have like a a theory um that is not like sourced or anything like this that like it just felt like when i was watching the bubble that woodard really had a lot of highs and lows when it came to confidence um and again this is just you know my impression and, and theorizing so maybe i'm off here um but it seems like you know there were times where he just felt really good about his game and he was out there doing absolutely everything um he was putting the ball on the floor more than i expected in the bubble um like crazy rebounding and just like great effort, right? And, and effort's never really a problem with Woodard, um, but sometimes it's just on another level and it, it just felt feels like a confidence thing. Um, and it, it definitely felt like after he uh, made a couple of mistakes yesterday, that confidence level was down. So I still love Woodard. Um, I, I think that he definitely can still be a important rotation player, but it doesn't look like that's uh, going to happen this year unless there's some turnaround with this jumper. He reminds me of Maurice Evans. Do you remember Maurice Evans? I do not. Maurice Evans was like this small forward shooting guard guy, super athletic, really good defender. I believe he even played for the Kings at one point. He just, he reminds me of him. Just look up Maurice Evans and you'd be like, oh yeah, that's Robert Woodard. Just super strong, NBA frame, ready to go. Just can't knock down a jumper really. Like he's just get around get around playing defense and and i don't know if you can do that in this league where they don't even really support defense very much i mean i like that they made a few of those rule changes where you can't do the step in front of somebody when you're going around a screen that trey young rule basically i'm glad that you can't do that i'm glad that they're trying to cut back on the fouls that harding can draw but still this is an offense heavy game that we're in today and i don't know if i don't i I, i'm like you said i'm not ready to close the book on him yet but I know that I'm still on the same exact page I left him on so far, and maybe he turns the page when we go to Las Vegas, or, or will we have two more games left in this Classic? Uh, I think California Classic is done. Oh, it's over. So then, yeah. Yeah, it's, I it's think been... it's just the two. And, and you know, I think that there's like a base for Woodard's jumper, right? And it 
does feel like if any if there's anything that like specific skill that you would bet an NBA staff be able to improve in a player, it feels like shooting is not that rare for it to happen um, to make to make improvements there. Um, but you know, there's also times we see people try to make improvement improvements. It ends up going the other way. Right. Um, so not saying like for sure he's going to improve, but I, I I do think that it's uh, there's a decent chance. I mean, obviously he's going to put a lot of time into it, and I think if he did become a 37% three-point shooter like I put him in the rotation this year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he, his defensive IQ is there. I mean, he can stay in front of almost anybody. He has very quick feet. I'm not trying to hate on him. It's just it, it it's what's happened so far that we've seen through two yeah. games. And the same thing with Ramsey. Like, I didn't really hate on Ramsey because he's coming back from injury. I kind of feel like what I want to see from him is to just find a flow within the offense. Don't necessarily feel like you have to make something happen. Just find that role. And, and, and he's I feel like when you watch him play, he can be so smooth. He has the potential yeah. to really control an off a half court set or move quickly up and down. He just needs to let the game come to him. And I feel like he knows that our eyes are watching him right now. And it's kind of getting to him a little bit in that first game. But Vegas is coming. That's where these players are going to really make a statement because you're going to see their first game, I think, is what third. Uh, this weekend or Monday or something like that, they they have a game against Charlotte. I think that's their first game in Vegas, and I'm excited to see what they bring because this just gave me a taste. I want to see Mitchell Vegas Summer League, everything like that. So, yeah, what do you think of uh, what do you think of Lewis King? He's interesting. He's definitely someone that uh that can fit on this team. He's he's skinny a little bit. He needs to put on a little bit of muscle, but man, he is he's a jumper. I think what's the what's the center's name? Uh, Kita. Oh no 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 no! Was Lewis King the center that that was super athletic? Uh no. So Lewis King was the uh small. is the wing that they yeah, got from Oregon. Yeah, that's last the small year. forward. I think he was smooth. He looks nice. He looks like he has some nice potential. He uh, I want to see more of him. But what was the center's name that was starting? Is it not Kita? No, it wasn't Kita. Kita Kita was the second round pick. Oh oh um Emmanuel Terry. Man, I like him. Yeah. He is, he is, he is something to keep your eye on. He's, he's definitely going to make the Kings G League team for sure. They're not letting him. I would not be surprised if they sign him to a two way. That guy has a rebounding sense. I really, yeah. I really like what he brings. His shot blocking ability. I don't like that he's being compared to Nick Claxton from the Brooklyn Nets. I don't really see it. I see just a. Honestly, I see a, a young Deon, DeAndre Jordan. I mean, people hate. We're probably not gonna like that either. But I, I really like him. I think he is. Ve- he's a very nice prospect to be watching during Vegas as well. This whole entire roster that's here for the classic. That's the same team that they're bringing to Vegas, correct? I believe so. I, I think there might even uh, be somebody that didn't play in the classic that's gonna play in Vegas. But it's gonna be pretty close. Um, if not the exact same, and I actually think the roster is pretty good. Yeah, me too. I don't, I don't know if it competes with Portland's. I think it's Portland's. Uh, you know, NBA veterans team. Yeah, what was that, dude? They got Michael, Michael Beasley, Beasley, Kenneth Fareed. <laughs> like they got, they got, they got old NBA heads in there just trying to make it yeah. back into the league. That was. Crazy. I've never seen that. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. I want to. If, if they're not the favorites, I don't know who is. Right. Yeah, if Michael Beasley is not averaging 25, I don't know what's going on. So. Can I be honest? I'm excited to see ISO Beasley 
I just want to see what he does out in Vegas. I feel like he's going to be fun. He's going to be the guy that just turns heads the entire time. <laughs> I'm excited. I think fun is, yeah, definitely the right word for that. Well, Brendan, before I let you go, first off, let me say thank you for joining, man. Like I, like I said, I've been following you for a minute. I read everything that goes on over there at the Herald. I've been following you guys since the STR days. I'm, I'm happy to see what you guys are doing over there with that. And I, I recently found out you guys are doing the King's Pulse podcast and so before I let you go, let, let the fans out there know where they can find you online and, and what they can be expecting from you this season. Yeah, you just dropped the two, and then uh, Twitter's at Brendan Nunez NBA. And, uh, yeah, definitely going to be keeping up on uh, all the Kings Pulse podcasts myself. Um, I'm going to try to do more video breakdowns. Um, and, and really, this year, my goal is to just really learn and understand the sets that the team's running. So I'm definitely going to be – um, breaking those down in some articles and, and clips on Twitter as well and things like that. But yeah, um, it's about it, man. Uh, I really like the work you're doing too, man. I thought that last episode with James was really good. I actually am going to have, I'm talking with James later today for Kings Pulse. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I love the work you're doing too, man. Awesome. Keep it up. You guys follow him at Brendan Nunez NBA on Twitter. This guy's got some good stuff coming out. Uh, you subscribe to his podcast, King's Pulse. Rate and review that. And then also, rate and review here at the King's Court, presented by All Purpose Insurance. Rate, review, subscribe, and share. We're continuing to grow. We got more guests coming on down the way. I already am working with someone pretty special that I'm excited to have on for next week's episode as well. Brendan, once again, thank you, man, for coming on to the show today. This was a lot of fun, and uh, we'll definitely have to have you on again soon. Anytime, man. Thanks. All right, guys. Until next time, Sacramento Kings fans, bye-bye.